This episode is sponsored by our friends at Fujifilm North America. Their X-Series digital cameras and lenses may just give you that creative edge you're looking for in your portraits and events. You'll find everything from 40 megapixel image quality to 40 frames per second bursts, plus unique in-camera film simulation modes and effortless usability. Click the link in the episode description to find the full range. There has never been a better time to invest in your passion, so make sure to click the link. Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. And I found photography's platform to share. It's platform to talk about the other things happen around the world. It's other stories, messages. So it's a platform and it's my responsibility to use it for the right things, not just for myself or just being, you know, recognized as an award-winning photographer. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Today's guest is Farooq Yavari, and her story is one that I'm sure will leave you feeling inspired and empowered. Farooq lived through war in Iran and eventually moved to Australia, where she currently lives. Farooq creates the type of photographs that truly are works of art, and she creates with such passion and storytelling. Not surprisingly, Farooq has won so many awards with her portraits with the Portrait Masters, WPPI, AIPP, and more. But even though she's an absolute master at fine art, she still had to figure out how to value herself, her work, and how to run a business. Farooq talks us through her personal story of growing as a photographer, and she does it with such grace. It was truly an honor to be able to talk with her and to share all of this with you. Okay, please enjoy this interview with Farooq Yavari. Hi, Farooq. How are you? Hi, Nikki. I'm very well. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. Oh my goodness, just to have you on here is such an honor. I was looking at your website and your Instagram earlier and I I just I recognize so much of your work and it I oh, it just absolutely blows me away. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And I'm so excited just to hear all about gosh, all these awards you've had and just about your career and how you, you know, charge for this amazing work and so we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> I know uh, I'm my, my background, and uh, it's better to share a bit of my background and talk about uh, where I came from and why I entered to photographic competitions, why I moved to Australia, and what's the story behind my work. So, mm-hmm. uh, my name is Prue, and you pronounce it very well, Nikki. I'm so glad. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I try. <laughs> I'm a fine art portrait and passion photographer based in Brisbane, Australia. 
And I was born in 1978 in a, a beautiful city named Shiraz in Iran. So I was born in the time of Iran's revolution and both uh, and I spent eight years of my childhood in war between Iran and Iraq. Uh, okay. Both both revolution and war had such a huge impact in my life and in my artwork. My parents both were uh, students in the university and both were very young when I was born. So they were pretty young when I when they had me. So both of them like. Uh, my best friends, because we didn't have that much gap, like 19 for my mom and 20 for my dad, like the gap between us. So they both were very, very supportive and encouraging to me to find the path I love, the career I wanted to have, um, the passion I had, which was art. Uh, mm-hmm. So... Iran, I should talk about Iran a bit. Iran has religious rules and traditional patriarchal beliefs. So it was very, very challenging to grow up as a woman there. Where Mm -hmm. like inequality between men and women is very, very obvious in the society. And you have to fight all the time for your rights. You know, so I grew Mm -hmm. up in that in such a society and I learned a lot from it, like to be independent as a woman, keen and determined to follow my dreams, my heart, my passion. I studied painting at art university in Tehran and Tehran is the capital city of Iran. And the first time I had the experience of professional photography was in the in my second semester, when I uh, I've been asked from one of our last term photography students to do some modeling for her, I went to her studio and it changed my life. I was like witnessing her creating a series of uh, creative portraits about women, and she was very creative in the studio lighting, and I was looking her, developing the film in her dark room and just printing. And my heart was like racing and I was like, wow. And at that time I found, you know, photography, it's such an interesting thing to follow and try to learn about it. I should say for like almost three years, I didn't have camera or gear. I used to plan for my shoot. Find my mother, who was mostly like family and friends and student in the university. And I used to hire her studio and gear and do the shoot and develop the film in university's darkroom. So it was like three years of experimenting photography, which I can say mostly by like watching other photographers and trying to recreate the things I I was experimenting, I was seeing from other photographers and add my creativity to it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and because it was like something my yeah, like something for myself, like my thing, my personal project. So it wasn't like paid job or university assignment it was mine so I was like working very freely in it I was like 
experimenting natural light, studio light. I was learning about technique. I was doing like double exposure in camera and and everything. I was like so free to what I used to create and I still <laughs> I'm in that mm-hmm. time. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, uh, as a student, because I said I was studying painting in art university, for me, painting that time uh, still is like a, such a expensive job, paying all the time for canvas, for paints, for the material you need, brushes. So I was I couldn't afford to buy camera. The first time I had my own professional camera was like when my dad bought. Um, my first camera was like Nikon FM10. It was a, like a brand new and still remember that moment when uh, it was like around 2 or 3 a.m. in the morning. He came back from his business trip and he put the camera in my arm. And I was like screaming and crying. I was so oh, excited. Wow. And my mom was like, what? What you done? <laughs> and my dad... <laughs> My dad, he said she will pay back in future like 10 times or even more. I did, but not exactly that time, I should say. But it was like the first time I had professional camera to play with that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just want to say real quick that I, obviously I knew you had a passion and a reason behind some of your work. For example, there's a series you did on Afghan women and the oppression that occurs, you know, with the Taliban and just oppression that occurs with women in war in general. And and I was curious where that was coming from. And to hear that you lived through war for eight years is, I mean, wow, like that's powerful and intense. And I, your kind of passion around everything and, and even looking at your work now and knowing that you have so much experience within your phone, yeah. within what you're, the story you're telling makes it even even that more powerful. Yeah, experience in war is it's really hard thing. Even when you are like a child, it's such a terrifying thing for children. It causes trauma, and I had my own trauma as well. And, mm-hmm. you know, and as I said, I experienced of growing up as a woman in a patriarchal society. It's the society with the inequality is really obvious. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason I, you know, my source of imp- inspiration is, like, uh, is in my life experience living in Iran. I'm a Middle East woman and I've seen a lot. I've heard a lot. And uh, Afghanistan is our neighbor. Um, Iraq is our neighbor, and we have we have so much thing like culture, like food, like war experience. Mm-hmm. So much uh, sh- uh, like the same experience. So that's the reason when I found myself a photographer and an artist, I wanted to create something. I find myself, I had a responsibility, you know, to share these stories, women's stories, war stories, children's stories, and send the messages to the world because I have this platform. So mm-hmm. I have a, a work with, uh, and a uh, name of is Rebert, and it's, uh, the work is uh, a woman standing, and it covered with a black, fabric which we name it chador or hijab or any other mm-hmm. name and she's a, she's turning back to the camera and she has a book in her hand 
and I won a grant A1 WPPI award that work. And the work is about women, is about uh, is about the knowledge they uh, achieve and how they change their own path to the new path. So these are my draws on experience of living in such a society. Well, as I said, it's like cultural and religious beliefs enforce certain pathways, especially on women. There are many, many brave women, not only in the Middle East, I know, but also around the world, who try to break down their limitations, uh, break down the world despite their limitations. And other, other women learn from them and follow the new path for that reason in that world. And you can see there is a, another woman at the background of the main subject in the left side, which is slightly turned back towards the camera. And it's like a symbol I'm showing by that. It's like she's, she definitely learned the new path and she will join her. And by putting the book in her hand, uh, in the main subject, I'm talking about how education, how knowledge can uh, like a, play as a, a main role, play, play as a light to the new path. So that's kind of always my image is, uh, is uh, like storytelling, and I'm trying to tell this story about them. Yeah, and the and the story definitely comes through. I mean, it's and it's so beautifully done and it it's art i mean it is definitely just everything you do is so artistic and so like the it's just everything is so moving and to hear the stories behind it it just yeah it's just incredible and i and i'm so glad that you've been recognized with all of these awards and i just have to share with the audience that before before we were starting the recording i i had asked you how many just speaking for the portrait masters you know how many golds have you won? And you were like, oh, I, I don't know. Let me see. And I just had to laugh because I think <laughs> some people would be like, I have three golds. I have 15 silvers. You know, but you were just like, oh, let me, let me check. So it's, it, and that made me wonder, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like it's more important for you to really kind of get the message out and to communicate, you know, things that are happening in the world that are so important. And like you said, traumatic as opposed to just winning the awards. Am I right on that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yes, you're right. For me, I have I have lots of story about why I actually entered to photo competition. And for me just winning it's it's good. It's you know, winning a gold it's like it's awesome, but it's not my main goal. And mm-hmm. and I found photography's platform to share. It's platform to talk about the other things happen around the world, it's other stories, messages. So it's a platform and it's my responsibility to use it for the right things, not just for myself or just being, you know, recognized as an award winning photographer. It's it's one thing. It's for me, it's my portfolio in my business. But other hand is just like you have a platform and you have to use it right. And uh, for, uh, and intern photography for me, it was, it backs the time when I moved to Australia and I wasn't recognized in Australia. I was recognized in Iran. When I finished university, I started to 
you know, um, having my exhibition, solo and group exhibition, and I started to sell in my art box there, and my prices just came up. And I had like one work, one of my work we, uh, went to Bonham's auction, and my prices that time was like four or six hundred US dollar. And in in an auction, in the auction, it beat up, and the price went to twenty four hundred. US dollar and it was like 2010 or 11 and wow. around that time I just moved to another country moved to Australia and I came to Australia and no one knows me here mm-hmm. so that's how I started for for first two years I was working so hard I had like four or five uh, group exhibition in Melbourne, Brisbane, at the same time in Tehran to build up my resume in Australia, to find my gallery to work with. And I wasn't photographer before I moved to Australia. I used to do photography for my exhibition. I used to like take weddings on my family, my sister, my cousins, but I wasn't looked at it as a paid job. So the first two years I wanted, because I came to Australia with the mindset I wanted to be an artist here. I want to just have my gallery selling my work and leave by, you know, le- rely on it. But I had four or five group exhibitions and I didn't have any expose. No one knows me. None of mm-hmm. the gallery wanted to invest on me because I wasn't recognized here. So that was like a big disappointment for me. And I was like, I found myself in the situation like I stand in a hallway and all doors closed. So I, I remember one day I was so depressed and I didn't know what should I do. I lost my art. I lost, I felt I lost my life. And one day my mm-hmm. husband came and said to me, you are a good photographer. Let me help you to have a photography business. And trust me, it would change the way, you know, it would change your way. And I trusted him and I said, yeah, let's do it. I, I love photography. I always love photographs. Um, like my passion is portrait. So I, I said, let's do. So I started building my business as a photographer. But at the same time, I started uh, building my art portfolio in Australia as well. Uh, so I was very lucky that uh, I uh, met uh, one of the great wedding photographer, not even in Australia, but also uh, in the world. His name is Marcus Dahl, and he introduced me to other photographers and I introduced to AIPP, which is um, uh, Australian Institute of Professional Photography. And then at the same time, WPPI, which is Wedding and Portrait Photographers International, I think. And mm-hmm. yeah. I started to enter in their award, their photo competitions. And the first year I entered my work, I got second in WPP. I got second and uh, sorry, first and second uh, place in the um, online competition. So it's how I found the photography competition is not. Uh, it's a platform so I can build my resume in art 
and been recognized and seen. And also it helped me to be a better photographer. You know, every time I enter, I thought, I noticed I have some weaknesses and I have some strong points in my photography. I should focus on my weakness in, for example, lighting or retouching. I work on it and I listen to the feedback. And that's how I build up my resume in Australia. And after, uh, I think, eight years, because the first time I started entering was like 2014, mid-2014. And I won many awards, but for me it was like, this is the way. This is the way I can be a better photographer and I can be recognized. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm thinking like, wow. It, first of all, it has to be incredibly trying on you to move to another country with another culture after everything you experienced and having to restart your business and everything you do. And and I love, of course, I could see there would be a point, I'm, I can imagine it would be depressing and lonely, And but but you, you didn't quit. You pushed forward. And I'm kind of thinking to myself, people at WPPI and AIPP were probably like, oh, wow, like you you come in and win first and second after no one knew who you were at first. They're probably like, oh my gosh, who's this? <laughs> love it. You know, um, it's, I'm sure everyone was just so blown away by you and wow. Okay. So you start winning all of these awards and, and yes, you're being recognized by other photographers and the industry in general, but did you find that that kind of translated into you getting clients? Cause I'm trying to think like, okay, for people out there who are listening, who are really into more of fine art f- photography and, and just it, portraits in general, how do you kind of make a living and support yourself doing it? I guess. So as I said, yeah, I started my business as a photography, uh, my, my photography business in 2014, 13, mid-13. Like any newbie, I tried everything, like family, engagement, even photography, wedding, and then maternity and newborn. And I started with the voucher. Very, very quickly, I changed it to like mini session and my price that time was like $550 includes a session fee and five small prints. But it's really, really hard. <laughs> I should say the first four, five years, I had lots of challenging and struggling about my pricing because I wasn't happy with my pricing at mini session or giving voucher. And I had no idea how business works here in Australia, what's their role, mm-hmm. how you find your clients, how you find your clients and what's your pricing and what you, where is your marketing, what you, what you should do to, you know, what you should do in social media, how you should advertise. So I had no idea when I first started. Every single step I took is like lots of learning and searching and asking questions around. And but it was like around 2016 when I heard about Sue Bryce education i registered on her website and uh, for the first time i found answer for 
many of my questions through the posing, self-value, how you can paint your backdrop, about marketing, about social media, pricing, and all those valuable information that I was looking around for a long time. And it how my business is just went to the next level. I really like that real wall, that park. I, I found that it's like very straightforward and a strong mm-hmm. method to sell. And my price, my uh, sales, it just rise very quickly. I really, really comfortable with, I still have real wall. And the reason I was comfortable because we had something similar in our university. Uh, at the end of the semester, every time, every semester, we had to provide like between 15 to 20 of our works presented on the wall. And it was a very emotional, proud moment when you stand in front of your work and see them hang on the wall and just all the students coming and giving you feedback. And at the end, you get like average between three to five of your university teacher's score. So I found exactly the same feeling in my real wall when I presented for my client that proud moment what I capture from them mm-hmm. and I saw their emotion. Sometimes they cried and I saw they say like, wow. And they really ask for digital package after that. They really ask for more photos. And yes, that's how I find so many of my answers and I found how I can actually talk to my client and what kind of service I should provide for them and how important the service is, how important they have, you know, they have fun moments in the studio, how important you respect them. So it was like different level in my uh, uh, business and I finding my uh, clients through social media. They talk about me. They talk about the experience they have in their photo session. And uh, they always, you know, they take home prints and not digital. So they, their friends, they come to their places and they see those beautiful prints hung on the wall. And it's it's how they just talk and about my, me and I get my new clients through the word of mouth, if I uh, say it uh, correctly. Yes, that's how I build up my that's business in Australia. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, so much to talk about here. So from what I look, when, when I see your work, it doesn't seem like you're creating a high volume of portraits for your clients. To me, in I'm just really interested in how how your business works in general. Like, are people commissioning you for one portrait? Are you showing them? I know you said you do the reveal wall. And just real quickly for those listening, if you don't know necessarily what a reveal wall is, it's something that Sue presented to her education group years ago, like what, 2012 or something like that, 2013 maybe. Uh, maybe even before then, but it, it just yes. really just pr- putting prints up on a wall. It doesn't even have to be on a wall, but to print your work and to show your clients their photos that you're presenting for them to purchase 
in a tangible way. And so it sounds like you really kind of took that and ran with it. And I'm just so curious on how, how you do this. Cause it, it, if you, I can't imagine you do high volume. Yeah. Nikki, I have like uh, two types of uh, clients. One day I'm calling that the, 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 com- the, the commission me to create a fun art portrait for them. Okay, and I yeah. have the clients is just like they are looking for having like family or couple or just in the job portrait of them. And I have a, a website for it. It's my business name actually is uh, Forever Yours Photography. And in my website, I have in the homepage, I have three columns that provide the information. So they uh, have like uh, contemporary portrait, fine art, which is my uh, more personal project and uh, the, the fashion part, which is just, just recently I added to my uh, business. So when the, uh, when the client going to my website, they have like a, a bit of information, what they should expect. So if they want me to have like contemporary portrait and they have like hair and makeup in their packages, uh, in their session fee. And, um, and, um, we have like a, a consultation session before we going before, before, uh, the photo shoot. So in the uh, consultation session, we are talking about like the hair and makeup they're looking for, the uh, wardrobe they need to bring, and they can use my small wardrobe in the studio. I have a home studio. So we are talking about the all uh, details they need for the uh, portrait session. And after that, we, they come in here and the ma- hair and makeup done by one of my hair and makeup artists in the studio. We will do the shoot. And after that, we have like viewing sessions, which I provide uh, between 20 to 30 images, fully retouched and printed and mounted and i have i print myself i have a printer so i love printing and i prepare the print by myself so that's the time they coming back to the studio and i prepare a slideshow uh, which i learned from sue it's like behind the scene of hair and makeup and the fun moment they have in the Mm -hmm. studio and the 30 images uh, with the music in a large screen I have in the viewing room. They sit and they enjoy this large one. After that, they come into the studio, which the Rebel Ball is. Okay, so this makes sense because when I looked on your the website that is your name, I didn't see anything. And I thought, okay, maybe she only does fine art. But now I just, I pulled up your Forever Yours photography.com.au if you're out there looking for it. and. Now I see, okay, so you do do just contemporary portraits, fashion, headshots, maternity, that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay, so this makes sense. Got it. Okay, so with the two different parts to your business, there's a contemporary portraits, and I want to hear about your commission work as well, but do you mind sharing just kind of how you your pricing structure for your contemporary portraits and how that works? Yes, of course. Uh, for my contemporary portrait, I have like the session fee, my session fee, which I recently, very recently, I rise it to 320. It includes hair and makeup uh, for two people and the time and my expertise, I'm taking photos of them. 
So, and uh, the Rebel Ball, when they get back for the viewing session, which I provide this large show and the print for them, my average selling is 2400 And I have packages like between 6, 10 to 20 in a portfolio box I provide for them. It's very straightforward, simple, and they not confusing with different, you know, uh, products you provide. I don't have much album or like mm-hmm. wood print or anything. It's just print, 12 by 8 inch print. And uh, I have wall, uh, large wall print as well. If they, if I found my client has potential, uh, potential of purchasing bigger size, I always provide a sample like one of their prints in a A3 or A2 size frame or mounted so when they're coming back they see large size beside of the A4 size as well so this uh, large size always direct myself to selling more wall prints beside of my portfolio box as well and it rise my uh, price to like five to six grand. Wow. I mean, that's a really, really incredible sales average. And like you said, I love that you just keep it simple. You don't offer a million products. You don't confuse clients with what you have. This is what it is. And you get the prints and that's awesome. How, how often are you doing, doing this type of shoot? I have clients not normally one or two per week. Uh, but when I'm just moving to my fine art, Part when it's so close to the uh, for the competitions, I just like try to not get myself busy. But normally, I have like one client per week. I don't want okay. to be like a say like that. I don't want to keep myself busy because I'm doing fashion as well. So if I mm-hmm. don't have, you know, when I have like one client for the contemporary, I definitely have like one or two clients for fashion and I'm working at the same time for commission one as well. So yeah, that's, that's how I'm working. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Very busy everywhere. Yeah. Wow. And, and it's kind of cool. There's a variety there. That's awesome. So then, okay, tell us about commission then, about how, how does that work? The commission part is when the client is, uh, because they have like, when they're going to my website, they can see my art website as well. And the commission part, when uh, the client really interested to have like artwork uh, in their wall. Sometimes they're asking to buy one of my artwork or sometimes they ask to, can you like you know, create something for my, for me and my kids? Uh, like, like something different, something unique, unique, which is specifically for me and my family. That part is commission part for me. And I really love it because I can be more, even more creative and, and I'm, I started with lots of consultation sessions. We talk on the phone. I ask them to come to the studio, visit my studio. We talk about what kind of creative hair and makeup we can have. Uh, do we need to create, a, you know, make a dress, a specific dress for the shoot or just like um, working with a designer because I now I'm working with like three or four designers in Brisbane and sometimes I can like uh, loan their dress for a shoot 
they never ever charge me. They always ask me to just promote them. Sometimes they actually make a dress for me. And it's really interesting part because they, they know I'm creating something different. They know I, this kind of collaboration always bring clients for them as well. So it's, it's a time we have like, uh, even I sometimes I ask my clients to talk about they, they, their stories, not uh, sometimes, all, all the time we talk about their stories, some memories. I try to know them. I try to involve with their life to find out how can create a story based on their, uh, their life experience. And then I'm asking about the elements could be important for them to add to their story, like like uh, old photos in their album, like piece of jewelry, and they just have it like grand grand grandparents. Mm-hmm. They give it them as a gift or piece of fabric. You know, uh, Middle East culture, they always have a very unique fabric. It's like a very important, and they like frame it on the wall or they have it on a couch. It's just very expensive or very story, you know, very old piece of handmade fabric. You have to Google it or you find a very beautiful pattern sometimes they have. I can use that kind of thing as a background or as an element to uh, add it to their uh, image. So, Sometimes I asking them to come to studio to just practice before the actual shoot because you know um, there are normal people that know how to pose and they know how to give me the right expression I'm looking for. Sometimes they are little kids; they don't know me. They could be shy. Mm-hmm. So for that reason, I have like practice session before the shoots. We practice to all those poses and expression and then we have the actual shoot and after that I uh, for the actual shoot before going for that for the rest I should mention in actual shoot I started with a simple background simple lighting and just simple individual portrait again I practice with them I'm trying to get them to the photographic mood to get the right expression as posed from them. And after that, I guide them to the set I create for them and start taking photos of them. And when the shooting part finished, I start editing. And I always uh, tell them, so it's not a very quick editing. It takes a long time. It gives me like two months. Mm-hmm. So I, you will get back to the studio. I printed your individual portrait and we go through all your photos and you can just per- you can purchase those photos as the fine art wall print as well so they get back to the studio they look at we look through the old photos and they choose like three to five images so they give me the time to play and create between one to three fine art photos for them and they get back again to the studio to purchase them. So it's like lots of time and this uh, conversation to create between one to three pieces for them. Okay, gotcha. Now, that takes a lot of time. <laughs> is, you know, a lot of time, a lot of energy. Is this something where you're talking about price ahead of time with them? Or is it something that later on, once they see the work, you're pricing it? 
I uh, yeah, there's a, like price, like a deposit for it. So the station fee is a separated, and it depends on uh, how I can be creative. Depends on uh, sh- should I create a dress for them. Depends on the story I'm going to do or the crop I should prepare. And they aware of they average they have to pay like between three thousand to six thousand for the uh, creating between one to three pieces for them. So always uh, they I'm getting like three thousand ahead as a deposit. So I have this time and this money to just uh, prepare everything for them, and they pay the rest after they coming back to the studio. And they, uh, this is not digital side. This I provide just. Uh, print for them and the size of print is between A32 uh, like 40 to 60 inch size print could be printed in a paper which I printed or I just if they want like canvas uh, I send it to the lab and uh, it has like I always tell them it's like specific prints for you it has just one edition and it's for you I can't print it myself I can't if I wanted to like enter your work to photo competition I I definitely get your permission because many times they don't want Mm -hmm. to share it in social media they want to have them for themselves so I give them this uh, privacy uh, for them uh, and always I ask for permission if I want to share so that print is just for them it's not for me my exhibition or my photo competition right that makes sense that makes sense do you do you have clients who are who are normally like no no go ahead and use it or do you find that often they want to keep it for themselves I enter um, like two or four of them in a photo competition uh, and I get uh, a very good <laughs> a score and a award for them. Just uh, one of them is like I created uh, for a uh, mother and daughter. Both were uh, like a ballerina uh, and they get dancer. Uh, the girl is like a tap dancer and she's a painter as well. So she wants it. An artwork, it just shows the dance and the painting part. So I created a painterly look print for them in it's like 60 by 60 inch canvas print on their wall. And I enter it for the competition as well. Yeah, that's really cool. Wow. It just seems like you really cover the the whole spectrum <laughs> of things that you do. It's it's really, really cool. Do you have, is there something that you prefer to do? Like, is there something that's your favorite that you would rather do all the time? Yes, yes. I would prefer to be more creative in mm-hmm. my work, even for my client, uh, till just doing the. I can't. I, I'm. I'm very. I'm like getting bored very quick. Even I have like uh, just doing my contemporary portrait. Always, always add a creative things on it. I try to be creative in lighting. I try to be creative in just like making this for them or just start playing with piece of fabric around them or always want to create something so yeah that part the commission part or working my fine art project is my I should say my passion my love Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah that's what I had a feeling you were going to say that you know for if you could give someone advice about creating a gold portrait? And I know that's a loaded question where, gosh, how do you really tell someone how to do that? But what would you say to someone 
if they were like, I want to create a gold portrait, what do, what do I do? Um, um, really hard question because it's I mean your art is your art I, I just I'm just curious if there's anything that you would tell people oh uh, okay I have like my uh thinking face at the moment because I, I I I have a lot okay my advice for people wants to uh entering yeah photo competitions and getting higher score like gold or silver with distinction or something like that is think of think of a photo competition as a place to learn and grow first thing Mm -hmm. find the spots you are strong as well as where you need to improve if you need to improve in lighting techniques spend time and money invest on it just find the photographers you are inspired and spend, invest on them. If they have like workshop, one-on-one workshop, just take that and improve yourself, yourself in that part. If you find your weakness is retouching and editing, spend time. There are heaps of tutorials, even free in on um, uh, YouTube, you can learn, spend time of, uh, you know, improve your techniques in every aspect to create a work, be in higher standard and be stand in technique, in um, not, not all, in story as well. So my second advice is like, just, um, it's like giving yourself time to think about the portrait or the image you are going to create. Think about the story, how you can improve it, how you can visualize it. You know, think about the old steps. Give yourself time. And if you didn't get the score or the result you are looking for, repeat the shoot. Mm-hmm. Ask mm-hmm. other photographers how you can improve it. Listen to the feedback. I learn from feedbacks a lot. I Im- my work improved by just going to the live competitions, you know, live judging in WPPI. Also, I read every single feedback I received from the judges. It's really important. And just work so hard it, and have fun. You know, a score mm-hmm. doesn't, doesn't important much. Have fun and being better photography is more important. When you reach that, you will get that score you want. Yeah, I love that advice. I love it. It's solid advice. And I love that you said you're always learning and you're always growing and you're accepting of the feedback. And I'm sure sometimes if you get feedback that you're just not super happy with, it's not always easy. No, but. But I mean, once you really just sit with it, I feel like that's just the best way to learn is to get feedback from other peers. It's yeah, awesome. Yeah, I I always happy to get harsh feedback. I'm doing judging now myself, and in the judging process, we learn to be uh, you know not giving harsh feedback to the interns. But I prefer I personally I love to receive harsh feedback because it's how makes me think 
about what I've done, my weaknesses, my maybe my sometimes my work is not really strong in in terms of a story. Sometimes it's not readable. It's confusing. It's complicated, and I receive this feedback. And I'm not getting angry. Oh, why they didn't understand my story? The a story is obvious. That no, definitely there was something not readable for the judges, not readable for audience. If the judges can mm-hmm. read the story, it means the other people can read the story as well. And and I have something to add on it. It's about being inspired of the other artists, but it doesn't mean they copy their work. It means being inspired by other artists, other photographers, try to recreate, try to understand what kind of lighting setting they have, what kind of retouching method they did, and um, how they, uh, you know, prepare everything. But add your creativity, add your heart in that work, and take it to the next level so the other artists or photographer can be inspired by your work as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, I just, I really appreciate you just sharing everything, just how you run your business and, you know, the message and power and trauma behind your, your work. And, and it's just, it's really amazing. And, you know, you're just, you're an incredible artist. So I really, really thank you for sharing, you know, being vulnerable with the audience and, you know, and it just goes to show too, that even some of the most talented photographers like you still have to run a business and, and you still have to, you know, deal with the other part of the business, the marketing and the pricing, finding clients and all of that. So, um, yeah, so I appreciate you sharing all of that with us. Thank you so much. You know, Nikki, business helped me to be a better artist as well. Because when you just work as an artist, you have no idea about the business part. You are not good at marketing. You don't know mm-hmm. how you find, you should find your audience, your buyer, your collector. Business helps me to improve this, improve this part as well. And it's really, really important as an artist. You know, you know your market. You know your, how you should find those buyers. And I'm now working with my gallery, my agent. And very first, I was very ashamed to say I'm working as a full-time photographer. I have my own business. I thought they think, oh, she is not very focused on her fine part. You know, she is just distracted by business. She's just like a commercial artist. She's not a true artist, but it was wrong. It proved it was wrong. They appreciate, mm-hmm. he appreciate, um, I have my own business. I have my own income. I'm not worried about not selling every month my artwork. So I'm not a hungry artist. I'm not. I have the freedom to just have a big budget when I start a project. I have the freedom to be free to work whatever I want, to create whatever I want. I'm not worry about the market i'm not worried about oh oh, i should create something you know so i can sell it easily no i'm just create something that i love so business makes me a better artist as well and i really appreciate that yeah yeah it's amazing it really is i almost forgot i have four other questions that i have to ask you (laughs) i always (laughs) ask at the end of each episode and i'm wondering if you will answer those for us and the first one is, 
what is something you cannot live without when you're doing a photo shoot? <laughs> like obvious answers on camera. <laughs> no, 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 I'm going to say that. Um, before every shoot, I always give myself some space to check my plan. Think about what I'm going to take, how I'm going to connect with my clients, my mothers. I should say, like, um, I'm going to my creation mode, even for my, like, no daily job, daily mm-hmm. photo, like, my contemporary portrait. I need my creation mode. I play music even before then my clients come. Uh, I turn on my coffee machine. I focus on the shoot. I also plan my lighting, especially if I'm a client, uh, have a very pale or very dark skin tone. So I will try to experiment new techniques for each shoot. So I should say my creation mode. Yeah. That's how I can go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense for sure. Okay, number two, how do you spend your time when you're not working? Uh, that's a good question because really I have not <laughs> a spare time, but uh, <laughs> I love just walking on the beach and clear my mind, just like looking through the ocean. So hiking mm-hmm. and walking on the beach and doing my yoga, that's, that's what I'm doing when I don't have any time. I spend time with friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. Okay, number three, what's your favorite inspirational quote? Mm. I wrote it somewhere because I'm not really good at uh, memorize things. So there are two I'm not quotes. either. I I always I had to Google when I when I was interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm really bad at too. So uh, I have two quotes from Anie Libovic. If I pronounce his, uh, her last name perfectly, <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> First one is this. When I say I want to photograph someone, what it really means is that I'd like to know them. Anyone I know, I photograph. I really resonate to this quote. And the second one is I'm more interested in being good than being famous. That's actually mm-hmm. my goal to be in mm-hmm. future. If I get famous. <laughs> I totally believe that about you too. I really do. It's amazing. Yeah. That's funny that you chose that when at the beginning I was like, I feel like you're, you don't care so much about the awards more than, <laughs> you know, getting your message out there through your art. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay. Last question. And, and I know you kind of already covered this already, but is there anything else you would add for what would you tell people who are just getting started? First, remember that this is a long journey. Uh, you might think uh, you should get the result in first year, but it, it's not going to happen. It might not get the result you want in the first year, second year, or even fifth year. It, it's a long journey, and you need to be patient and work so hard. That's my first advice. Spend time and money, as I said, on your self-training. Take business, marketing, lighting, posing, whatever classes you need to improve your skills and your confidence. It's really, really important. We didn't talk about confidence because it was my block for a long time, for a long time in my 20s and 30s. You are investing in building up a business or 
you are investing to become an artist. So confidence is really important in those arts. Be inspired by the other artists and photographers, but add your heart, add your creativity on it to not copy, create something the other photographers and uh, artists be inspired by them. And uh, the last one is, which is really important, is be proud of what you do and what you create and never undervalue yourself. That's my advice. Mm, That's so great. The the undervaluing part is so crucial. So I'm glad you threw that in there. (laughs) (laughs) It is. Well, thank you so much again, Farooq. We really, really, really appreciate having you on. And where can people find you if they're looking for you online? <laughs> oh, and, and your Instagram uh, too. Make sure you share that. My Instagram. Yes, I have. Um, I have uh, Instagram on the name of Forever Your Photography and my name Farooq Yabaria. So I have. I'm more active on Instagram than Facebook. So and my website. Forever your photography include or uh, my fine art website as well and my fashion. Wonderful. Wonderful. Awesome. Well, thank you again. And I can't wait to see um, what you'll be entering for the next awards. Are you going to do the next into the wild category that we're about to? It closes October 15th. So by the time this is out, it might already be closed. But are you going to enter that? I know. I really wanted to enter this one, but I'm working on my exhibition at the moment. Not uh, gotcha. not this one, but definitely next one, and not awesome. more. <laughs> I don't know. I should I create something very category, <laughs> honestly. Well, I cannot wait to to see what's next from you. So, oh, thank you so much, and thank you so much for having me, Nikki. It's such an honor. I talked to you. I all I'm a big fan of your work, and I always wanted to hear your voice. Thank you so oh, much for having thank me. Thank you. Thank you. That's quite an honor to hear that. Harry, you say that. So thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-day startup challenge plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com. It's time for me to tell you about this episode's sponsor, Fujifilm North America. If you haven't experienced portraits and wedding scenes created on the large format GFX system digital camera sensor, you are missing out. Along with up to 102 megapixel resolution, you'll find rich colors and gorgeous in-camera looks. There's also AI-driven subject detection and 8 frames per second bursts inside the compact GFX100 digital camera. Hit the link in this episode's description to view the products. It's time to dream big in your creative process.